Welcome to episode 70 of PHP Town Hall, uh, Dreasing Up Your Controllers. We have with us uh, Laravel employee, open source magician, and all around uh, Star Wars enthusiast, Dries. How's it going? I'm doing good. Cool. Awesome. So um, uh, we want to bring you on because like, you, you were making some uh, noise a couple, like I think a couple weeks ago when uh, the whole meetup thing kind of um, exploded onto the scene with, you know, so many of us doing user group organization and things like that. And um, uh, one of the first things I really want to dive into is eventy.io. Um, you know, like you kind of threw that out there almost at the right time. Was that something you were working on prior to the whole meetup thing? Or um, did it just so happen that you had this idea right as the meetup um, controversy kind of blew up? Well, um, no, I definitely was already uh, working on it. Um, I, I've i been a user group organizer for almost five years now. And uh, so I've been uh, like a hardcore user of meetup.com as well in, the, in that time. And that, that always uh, like um, real saw a lot of improvement points uh, for, for the platform, some stuff it was lacking in. And also like the diverted landscape and all of the different kind of apps, like some apps will help you manage your CFP. Some, some will give you uh, feedback on your talks. Some will help you organize your events. So I've been ha having this idea for a while of like a unified platform where you could do all of those things. So you don't need to like the, like dash between all of the, the different kind of platforms. And I was having that idea to um, already put up an announcement page uh, pretty soon, um, like just to get some interest to see if people were interested in in the idea. And when the meetup.com announcement came out, I kind of like really uh, shifted into gear to get it uh, cranked up very fast. So I really worked um, hard on it for uh, the, the entire evening, put it up to see if people were interested. And uh, as it turns out, people were. There's a lot of other uh, people who are also working on some cool stuff, which uh, is pretty cool, I think, that there's a lot of people uh, thinking there's value in such a platform. Uh, so, yeah, I've definitely been having this idea for a while, and uh, I'm very glad to finally have it out in the open now that I'm working on it. Cool. So I remember, I mean, the last last thing I saw was you're taking email um, addresses to see if there's interest, and it sounds like there's a lot of interest. Um, do you kind of have, like, an idea of when you might start taking in beta users or is it still kind of far out? Well, it's still uh, pretty far out. I'm still working very hard on it. Uh, it's a big undertaking, of course, uh, what I'm starting. But I'm also not planning on like releasing everything at once. I'm trying to do it in steps. So what I'm currently working on is a minimal viable product, something that's just have the right amount of features to get you started organizing meetups. Uh, and events and get that out of the, um, out in the open and then start iterating, adding more features gradually. And I think like I'm currently aiming for January somewhere to release. Oh. If it's, if it's going to be e uh, earlier, all for better, but that's my main goal right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So right after the rise of Skywalker is basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. First things yeah, first, of course. Yeah. You, can, you can take a break and watch. I mean, obviously, you're gonna. I, I imagine you're a Star Wars fan, so you're gonna watch every single Star Wars movie, and then go see Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I've been yeah. planning on doing a, a marathon, maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if I have enough time uh, time for it. But definitely the last uh, two episodes. Um, again, yeah, definitely that those two. So, if, if you're gonna do a marathon, do you watch them like in uh, theatrical release, or do you do like a butcher order? No. Uh, oh, what, what's the uh the name again 
for the special order? The butcher, the butcher order? I think it was something uh, something else. I'm not sure. Anyways, it's there's like a specific kind of order where you can watch the movies when uh, so they make a little bit more sense. So I think it's first now with the new movies. I think it's Solo first, then um, and then Rogue One, then Episode uh, Four, Five, One, Two, Three, Six, Seven, Eight. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the new order. That's that's how I would do it. Except I would leave episode one off personally, but okay, yeah. the rest of the order sounds great. Yeah, um, but so because you're a Laravel employee, I'm imagining that you built Eventy on something like Ruby on Rails or Python <laughs> or anything, or is it, is it Laravel? No, no, it's Laravel, of course. No surprises there. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that's a good segue into the next, like another another big project that you've built. Um, that was really instrumental for a lot of people early on, which is Laravel.io. But um, it seems like it's been kind of quiet lately. Is it, it's still, is it still getting like the level of traffic that it was a couple of years ago? Yeah, definitely. Um, like when Sean first started, uh, when I first uh, took over from Sean and Jeroen uh, and Nick back then, uh, it already had quite a big uh, tra- traffic going on. And I really wanted to, like, uh, because I wasn't familiar with Codebase myself, uh, I wanted to build something I was familiar with so I could maintain it properly. So I did a re- entire build from scratch uh, thing again. And uh, it made sense. Uh, I'm very happy that I did it because I'm now very much familiar with Codebase. I can, uh, like, fix stuff very easily and fast. Um, and I really put in a lot of time back then to do it properly, also to keep it open source so it's viewable for everyone, so everyone can look at how the project is made and learn from it. And at some point, the project was like uh, properly done uh, enough to maintain its own, to keep rolling on. And I still have lots of ideas for it. It can definitely be something bigger uh, as well. But at the moment, uh, other things are keeping me from working a lot on it. But I have to say, like, um, someone recently jumped up uh, to uh, help out with it, Joe Dixon, who's also a, a Laravel community member. And he's helping out a lot with new features, getting some stuff fixed, which I didn't have time for. I'm really thankful for him uh, helping out with uh, those kind of things. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. I mean, and I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for a lot of people um, when we just say, you know, thank you for... Something like that, because when I was getting started with Bell, it was instrumental in helping me kind of get over a few hills and roadblocks that I had. So, I mean, something like that's huge, and I'm glad to hear that it's still there, having the the impact that it had on me for other people um, these days, yeah. too. Yeah, definitely. Um, like it's still there. It's still running very properly. It's still getting lots of traffic. Uh, people are finding it useful. So I'm happy with it. I really want to like make it even bigger. Um, there are some plans for that, but it's like very, fairly early on to, to, to mm-hmm. still talk about that. Um, but I'm hoping that someday it will be a much bigger platform than it is right now. Yeah. So it's even more useful for people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's going to be really cool. Um, it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see the ideas you come up with because it seems like everything you come up with kind of just turns to gold almost like your file repo is still still something i look at to get ideas from Laravel, thanks man and see uh full sec so i mean i think the real question is as an open source maintainer as a conference organizer as an, a full-time employee like how how do you like what do you do to manage your time 
Um, stay single. That's my uh, big secret. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought of that one. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, it's hard sometimes. Like I'm still trying. I still find it very hard to like combine my working time with still spending enough time for social stuff, for friends, for family. Um, yeah. Like I wish I could like have even more hours in a day. Unfortunately, I only have two, uh, 24 and I sleep one third of those. Um, and I don't, I really like sleeping. So, um, so yeah, uh, it's hard yeah, to focus. Uh, and I think Freak is my main, uh, like, uh, my angel on my shoulder saying, you need to focus on one thing, not do too much at the same time. And he's right about that. And I'm trying to do that with Eventi right now to, put all of my focus into one single thing so I can really crank at it, get that um, out in the open as fast as possible and put everything on the side for a second. And that uh, I recently, like you said, had the Full Sec Europe conference and all of my attention went to that for a, for a moment. But now that's out of the way. I have more time for other stuff like, uh, like Eventi. So uh, I think like the main thing for doing a lot of things is doing things one at a time and keep your focus at one one particular thing at one time and not to try to do 10 times at the same time yeah oh for sure yeah and you mentioned full stack here uh that just and it was this the first year that this was done or it was, it was the first year yeah yes. How exactly. was it? it was amazing uh we got lots of great feedback from it uh things went very smoothly we didn't have any big issues uh, at all we we had 250 attendees wow. we had uh, 16 speakers they they were all very excited about it i'm i'm very grateful to the staff to everyone who helped out really? uh and yeah i was like go ahead yeah it was very good as well like the talks uh, were very good what we uh, what me and freak really wanted to achieve was a kind of conference where you could come with your whole team, not to have like a particular niche like Laravel or PHP, just like have a really broad spectrum of, um, of talks of things you can learn from front end, back end, DevOps, all of those kind of things and just like learn from different parts of the, of the stack. And so you can come with uh, all your entire team and not just the JavaScript people or the PHP people or, um, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it turned out very, very well in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what I saw on Twitter, because I was following the, the hashtags for a little bit, is, I mean, just outpouring of support and um, congratulations, which is, you know, it's huge. Organizing a conference is no small feat at all. Um, when you were, when you and Freak came up with this idea, did you really have an idea of what it took to organize a conference? Or were you kind of just, um, just going every one day at a time trying to figure it all out? One day at a time, really. Uh, like, um, I've had quite a f bit of experience right now, uh, with organizing news groups, but conference is like a whole different level of, of getting stuff done. And, um, me and Freak, we're thinking about doing it small the first time, just one day, single track, nothing too much, just starting small. And then we got in touch with a couple of people who organized the DDD Europe conferences here in Europe, uh, Anneke Schoenians and Matthias Ferraz. And we got talking about uh, them, about to, uh, about the concept. They were very interested. And they said, like, hey, we want to help you out uh, if you're interested. Uh, if you want to get us on board, we'll help you out with logistics, event organizing, sponsorships, that kind of stuff. And uh, Freak and I were really uh, on board with that idea. And 
because of their like experience they already had with the DG Europe conference, like things went very smoothly. They already, they immediately said like, yeah, you need to meet do this bigger. Uh, from the get-go, just do two days and workshop day from the get-go. And because we had their experience behind it, it went very smoothly, it made sense. And we had lots of uh, help from them. I'm really gra- th- thankful and grateful for them for helping out. Yeah. So what was, what was the biggest thing about organizing a conference that was unexpected for you going in that, um, that you learned after the fact? Uh, I think the money is one thing. Conferences cost a ridiculously amount of money. Yeah. So, um, like whenever people ask me, like, uh, because our ticket prices, I know they're a bit higher than like other kind of conferences. Um, but in a hindsight, what well, the place where we were at Hilton in Antwerp, it's like very, very big venue, very nice venue as well. And the catering they offer is super expensive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we had to like make sure that we broke even, uh, at the end. And I think like the money part is something that really opened my eyes, uh, at, uh, how much uh, these kind of things uh, cost. And, but in the insight, it also makes sense. Like if you want to provide a certain experience for your attendees, then things are going to uh, cost money uh, in the end. And you need to like make a way to make amends for that. Um, that's, and also like the amount of time it costs to do the small kind of things. Like, uh, even though we were with uh, four people organizing this thing, uh, like defining all of the work between each other still takes a lot and a lot of time. And we were, I think we were very successful in defining the work, um, evenly. Um, but, uh, still the small things like sending out a newsletter, uh, doing the social media game. All of those kind of uh, small things, contacting speakers, like every single thing costs a lot of time. And you need to be prepared for putting in that amount of work or bring a, in a, a really great team, which is uh, helping you out with uh, with that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I remember that from Southeast PHP. It was the money was a big thing. Um, and it's a lot harder over here because there's so many more conferences fighting for the little amount of sponsorship money that exists. I'm not sure. Uh, like, how was it finding sponsors over there? Did you find it easy? Was it was it hard to kind of convince uh, companies that it was worth the return on investment? Well, uh, we were very very lucky with that because, sorry, because we already had the user groups. We already knew a lot of companies here in Antwerp and in Belgium in general. And uh, a lot of them came out to us uh, spontaneously, like, "Hey, we want to help you out with sponsorships if you want to, uh, if you need uh, something." So that was very, very helpful for us to uh, to already have that network of companies uh, which we knew and which wanted to help out with the conference. I'm very thankful for for that as well. Um, it definitely helped out uh, kickstarting the whole project and be more at ease about uh, the money thing as well. Yeah. So what? Uh, it, it sounds like because of such a success, uh, I'm going to imagine that there's going to be a full stack Europe next year. Um, Definitely. I don't put words in your mouth or anything, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like there it, there's going to continue on. So, what is one thing like that you want to change about next year? Um, I think, like in hindsight, the the concept is already very good. Like I think the single track really worked. The lightning talks we did were a huge success. We got a lot of great feedback on those. Uh, so I think, like program wise, uh, content wise, nothing much is going to change. We're still going to do the same thing, just different speakers next year. Uh, I think, like the venue 
isn't entirely decided upon yet. Uh, we really want to keep doing it at the Hilton, but we're keeping our options open, of course. We're still uh, deciding upon that. Definitely going to be in Antwerp again uh, as well. People really like the city, and I think we're very, it's a very good place to host a conference uh, there. I think some things I might change. Um, I'm not sure. I really like everything went very smoothly. I think uh, there are some smaller small parts which we might change but nothing too big uh, anything about the concept no cool awesome that, that sounds great so i mean obviously now that you have conference experience i imagine you're going to start taking over LayerCon from taylor and running <laughs> on both sides of the ocean uh i think that's a whole nother level of conference organizing that he's doing so no i'm gonna keep it with uh, full stick europe for now yeah <laughs> uh, but i mean so did you ever have a hand in Laracon EU, or is that pretty much all? Gone? I uh, I went there at Laracon EU. Um, I went to every single edition since the start. I also uh, volunteered for the first two years to help out uh, Sean and Jeroen. Had a lot of fun back then uh, helping out uh, on those first editions. It's really an amazing and great conference. It's by far one of my favorite conferences out there. All if it's only like just because of the amount of people I know uh, when I when I'm there, it's so great to like see people from all around the world again, meeting, uh, hanging out, uh, talking to each other about what's going on in each other's lives, and the the, the venues are always amazing. Yurun and Sean are really doing an amazing job on those. Like the like this year they had like an old uh, factory, uh, which they. Um, like uh, put up a great stage and uh, and really made it very cozy and nice. It's a it's a, a great experience every single year, definitely. Yeah. So uh, I know you made Laracon US this year. Is there plans for you to try and make it every single year now, or just as it as it works out? Yeah, I think I'm sort of obligated to go uh, every year now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely going to try to go every single year now. Um, last year, uh, like this year, I mean, uh, was my first time. Uh, also went there as a speaker. I had an amazing time. It was one of the best conference experience I've uh, already had in my life. It was also really great to finally meet up with all of the American uh, uh, Laravel people to meet that part of the community um, for the first time. Uh, I had a great time. and. Like it's it's a so total different kind of experience than the European one. Like Taylor is doing his own thing with uh, with the US edition, and it's every it, from what I've seen already from Twitter and experienced it for the first time uh, myself. It's always uh, a great experience as well. The venue was amazing as well. It was right near Times Square, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy if you think about if you think about that. Um, I'm really l- looking forward to next year already. Yeah. I mean, I've heard rumors that it's going to be in an aquarium in Atlanta. Um, and I've been to that aquarium before because I used to live in Oh, it. really? And yeah, cool. There's a tunnel that you can walk through and you have whale shark, yeah. sharks that are like the size of a city bus just wow. yeah. moving around you. So I like I haven't been to a Laracon yet, um, but I think if it's in Atlanta, I'm definitely going to make the effort to go to that one. Cause nice. It would be cool to meet up. Yeah, it, it would definitely. be, yeah. Uh, which brings me you know, like... I love the point you just made, which is like, you know, you, you went to the conference, but it was like, because it wasn't necessarily just for the learning, but it's like to catch up with friends and see all of that kind of stuff. Um, out of all the American Laravel developers, is like there anyone like you were particularly excited to finally put a face to their Twitter profile? Uh, I think I know one person in particular, yes. It's um, Ninja Parade from Twitter, if you know him. 
Yas. Um, oh, Ninja Fury. He's like a, he has a sort of character on Twitter. He's always super funny. Yes. He has the biggest collection of Drake memes, uh, gifts, uh, you've ever seen. Um, he's Canadian as well. So that's pretty cool. Oh, um, but, uh, like it was finally really great to meet him, uh, uh, up in person. And it turns out he's a really, really amazing and friendly guy as well. He's a, a great person to talk to. I talked to him for a really long time about a lot of things and, um, it was really great to meet him, but also uh, a ton of other uh, folks like Jonathan Rennick was the first time I, uh, I saw him. First time I met Steve Sugar as oh, well. Wow. First time I met, uh, Steve, um, Jason McCreary as well. Um, first time I met Caleb Porgio as well, or it was very great to meet all of those people for the first time. Oh, and, uh, Jacob Bennett and Michael Duranda as well. Um, and okay. Eric Barnes uh, as well. All of those American, uh, side of people and the Australian, of course, side of people. It was great to finally meet that side of the community, but, uh, I already knew their faces, but to meet them in person, it's uh, a bit different, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And because like, you know, everybody from Twitter, Slack, telegram wherever like it doesn't feel like you're just meeting them for the first time either yeah yeah exactly it's like you you've already know each other for so many years and you're finally meeting up in person but it doesn't really feel like the first time you're just finally there talking in person not through a digital wall or anything yeah uh, i think the main uh the weird weirdest part was like uh, like how tall people are and how small people, uh, some people are. Uh, it's very fun to like Jacob Bennett is like a really tall dude. Like, uh, when you see him in, the, in for the first time in life, and I didn't expect that at all. So, um, it was really cool to finally like put some physical length, uh, uh, to the, to the people you talk to, uh, each day as well. Yeah. I, know, cool. like, I always see the picture of, um, the guys from the San Diego development group, uh, Eric and John, they're both incredibly tall. But then you see Eric Barnes, who's incredibly. Eric is very, very small, yeah. But he's he's a really funny dude. He's a he's a um a really cool guy. He was taking pictures all the all the time, uh, taking selfies with uh, with people. And um, yeah, he's he's the same guy from Twitter. Really funny, really really cool in person. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he's he only lives about five or six hours away from me but i've actually never gotten to meet him but he's definitely oh, wow. on my list that like i do want to yeah. like, sit down and have a, a drink with because he just seems so down to earth and funny and chill like, definitely like, yeah i think he also does a lot of biking uh like you do uh I, i'm not sure so yeah, maybe you can hang out yeah huh? but we, we talk about that too like we talk about that we, we both do photography um he just, he seems like the cool guy that like everyone just wants to kind of be friends with, you know, and we're the same height. So I don't have to like <laughs> break my neck yeah. looking up. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, the, the big thing that um, I think people are curious about is like, how did you end up working for Laravel? Like how, how did that whole thing happen? Did Taylor approach you or was it just kind of pure happenstance? Well, um, the thing is, I've known Taylor already for quite a long time. I think I first got into wow. Laravel in 2012, I think, uh, was the first time I uh, started experimenting with it. And I've always like been pretty much uh, active on the repos, trying to help out with issues, trying to contribute uh, a little bit. And it was last year when um, 
my previous job was coming to an end and I was thinking about what I'm going to do next. Um, and I really wanted to try freelancing again, uh, again, um, because I tried it before, but it didn't really work out. So I worked a couple of years in as an employee again. And Taylor put out an ad for, um, a new position in March last year to manage open source projects at Laravel. And I didn't really reply to it because I was still working then. But when my previous job was coming to an end, like two or three months after it, I thought like, yeah, what I'm going to do now. I remember him putting out that ad and I was like, yeah, let's just give it a try, see what he says. So I approached him. I said like, hey, are you still looking for someone for, for that position? Um, maybe uh, I can try it out if you, if you're interested in that. And he said like, okay, yeah, let's try it out. Um, so we did like a two week uh, trial in October last year and, um, it went very smoothly. He was happy with, uh, the work I did. I was very happy with the work I was doing and it just went from there. Yeah. I'm still, still working there for over a year now already. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really cool. So you manage pretty much all the open source packages under the Laravel namespace, right? Yeah, a lot, a lot of them. Not not all of them. Uh, Telescope is still Mohammed's thing, and Valet is still managed by Matt. And there's like a couple of other smaller um, packages who are managed by, by different people. But I'm trying to like uh, manage all of the other uh, bigger projects. Taylor's still doing the pull requests. Uh, himself, but I'm trying to focus on the issues that are coming in, trying to see like which is which ones are very urgent, which ones aren't, which ones I can help out people with, which ones are better asked on maybe a support channel. Um, trying to manage that for for uh, the Laravel organization. Yeah. So what what has been like the biggest um, like hurdle to get over with like your job just being so out in the open for everybody to see? I think like uh, a lot comes down to people management because um, you need to be uh, very like thoughtful about how people are going to react to whatever you like try to say to them. I think you have need to have a lot of patience and also a lot of understanding for people's uh, problems. Like maybe something small seems small to you, but not to somebody else. You need to like try to put yourself in the the position of the person who's trying to post or com communicate their issue with you and i think uh, a lot comes down to uh, understanding and being thoughtful about a uh, person's issues i use a lot of um, safe replies myself uh, from github because those really help me getting my job done much faster i i need to like wade through i don't know like 60 issues a day or something uh, every single day and like sometimes it's just too much and i need to use those safe replies to get through, through them quickly and uh, i really hate that part of my job a little bit that i can't like put in enough personal time into each issue hmm. um, because it feels like very impersonal uh, to to the other person probably and i wish i could do that differently but unfortunately uh like there's no other option for me to do that and still like do the work I need to do every single day. And that's, that's a really big hurdle to get over in the, in the first, uh, first time. You get used to it after a while, but at the same time, it's kind of a downside that you get used to it. Um, I still hope that there's something GitHub can do in that regard to, to make that easier. Adam Watton actually tweeted something very uh, interesting recently. He tweeted about uh, like having a discussions 
uh, yeah. tab in GitHub as well. And that would really help actually if like every single thing you wanted to post started as a discussion and then a maintainer of a project can maybe elevate something to an issue that's maybe something that can be resolved. But then you didn't need to close anything. Uh, like every single can, discussion can stay open. People can comment uh, on it uh, if they want. And if it's a bug or a problem, then it can become an issue and, and the maintainer of a project can, can fix that. So I really like that, uh, that idea by Adam. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that tweet too. And I, it's really interesting because I help maintain fractal. And I mean, we have the same kind of thing. People are posting issues that are just like, they're not true bugs. You know, and then like the real bugs get lost in the whole signal noise ratio. So like having it exactly. yeah. panel would be really cool to like get that started. Um, it's almost like Laravel.io could kind of fill that space initially, except that there, you know, that there's still no connection between GitHub and Laravel.io like seamlessly like that. But that's that that's the biggest issue because like there's like so many support channels you can use. Like you have the Laracast forums, you have Laravel.io forums, you have the Discord channel, the Laracat uh, Slack. You have so m- Stack Overflow, you have so many different chat uh places where you can like find solutions to your problem but of course when somebody has a problem the first thing they think about is of course the the GitHub repo. Um, so that's really hard. That's a burden on the maintainer to like go through all of those things where, which could have been asked on a support channel first and probably would have been solved there. Um, so if GitHub could do something in that regard to help out with that, that part of maintaining open source projects, I think it would be so beneficial to a lot of open source projects. Yeah. Oh, agreed. 100% agreed. Um, what, like, so, you know, you already knew the framework really well going into, your job, but were you as like well versed in all the packages that you're maintaining, like cashier, socialite, and all that kind of stuff, or did you really have no. to take some time and like just dive in? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like uh, the first couple of months were very uh, rough, like trying to figure out some stuff. Like uh, cashier was something I already knew quite a bit because I already worked on an app. Uh, like a couple of months before, which was heavily making use of cashier, and I sort of like knew the package inside out like by now i know it i definitely know it know it inside out because the last couple of months i worked out, uh, on it a lot for the new version um like some of the packages i'm still trying to figure out until this day is horizon that's um that's crazy voodoo that's happening in inside of that package there's so the code base is huge and it's like a lot of stuff that i'm not entirely familiar with it yet so i'm relying a lot on muhammad to help me out with that because he knows it very well and taylor of course um so yeah there's still like also still a learning curve for me as well with some of the packages uh passport is something i fairly well known but would want to know even better all of the out stuff that's happening there makes a uh, use a lot of a package behind the hood uh, from the PHP leak uh, or it's a two server. Um, besides that, we have Scout, which is pretty simple. It's um, it's like a uh, wrapper around uh, the Algolia API. Um, and Dusk is a very straightforward uh, package as well for Selenium to based, uh, not Selenium based testing, Chrome browser based testing. Um, and all of the other packages are very small in comparison to those uh, I just ma- mentioned. Yeah, but there's always like 
a bit of a mind shift between between all of the packages when you're working on cashier it's a totally different kind of thing than than passwords for for example yeah but so, do you work on the the Laravel framework as well or is your job pretty much just the packages that kind of support and integrate with Laravel it's uh, basically all of the open source software, mostly the packages I'm I'm focused on, but framework as well. I try to like put in some fixes now and then when it helps. But the difference be- between the the framework repository and the package repository is that the framework repository has a lot of lot more people that are watching the repo and like trying to help out, and that's something that I particularly am super grateful for in my job, that it's such a vast and large community that there's always like people helping out with with the issues uh, as well that I don't need to like put in all the work myself. For example, the framework has like, I don't know, like 10 people who are very thoroughly watching it every single day and they help out a lot with uh, answering questions fixing things um, trying to figure things out and I'm super grateful to those people who are hel- helping out they're a big help in getting the job done uh, every single day yeah nice so like if someone wanted to get more involved with the Laravel community um, what what is a way they can go from just being I, I hate to say just but like from being a developer who uses Laravel to like elevating themselves more in the community? Like, is it helping with issues? Is it evangelizing the packages? Is it trying to make pull requests, tests? Well, uh, I think uh, helping out with issues is definitely a way to like get your name out there. If people see you a lot commenting on issues, uh, helping out, uh, putting in your uh, your opinion in, in there, that's definitely something that can help. That's a very like low step barrier to uh, across and to like get your first step into open source programming. Second step would be to put something out there yourself. Try to start an open source project yourself, uh, a package which you can maintain, which could be very useful to others. That's something how other people got a lot of uh, traffic and and name visibility out there. Um, and thirdly, if you're up for it, start something really cool, like, uh, like something Jonathan Rennick started with Inertia or, or something Caleb started with Livewire, something bigger. And I think those are still like the main things people really recognize you for. If you put something out there that's super useful to so many people, like Adam and Steve did with Tailwind, um, that's something that will definitely get your name out there and uh, get you known. But if you just want to like take your first steps, try to help out with an issue, try to fix something, try to get your name out there through a pull request, and try to yeah help out with open source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's cool you mentioned Adam and um, Steve because I can't think of a single project I've done in the last year or so that didn't have Tailwind. In I mean they've made CSS like they've made CSS just as easy as. Y'all have made a uh, social login with Socialite. Like it's, I don't even have to think about all the different tokens or endpoints. I just bring the package in, write my little yeah. services, and things just work. Um, so yeah, f- that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, fully agree with that. Like Tailwind is something. Like one of the f- things lo- in the last couple of years that really blew my mind. I I used to be also a front end developer in my first years. Uh, as, as being a web developer. And I did a lot of like CSS JavaScript uh, back then, um, it was mostly jQuery back then. Um, 
but I kind of got out of touch with that in the last couple of years when I was really focused a lot on backend. And Tailwind really like brought back my joy for frontend again, for doing CSS, for doing teaming, uh, that kind of stuff. It's amazing how how well it works. How I'm doing everything uh, for Eventy right now with Tailwind, and it's just a real joy to work on. And in hindsight, it's it's incredible what what they've built. Like they took on like bigger frameworks like Bootstrap and w- whatnot. And they said, like, we're just going to do our own thing. And it really blew up. Like, I even saw, like, recently the new Diablo 4 website. It's entirely built uh, in, in Tailwind. And if those kind of big companies are starting to use your framework, then you know you have something that's really worth uh, some uh, gold. Yeah. Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, you might not know this. I'm just, I'm curious. Do you know, like, what is the biggest company using Laravel? Like, oh, wow. Um, I'm not sure myself. Uh, I think you, a better person to ask that is Taylor, but I think some pretty big companies are, are, are using it. I even thought, I'm not sure that the American government was using Laravel for something. I think I saw that passing by somewhere on Twitter sometimes. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, you'll have to ask Taylor. Sorry about that. No, I, just, I think it'd be cool. It, I mean, I, I know Apple uses it because I see job posts yeah. every so That's often. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. The government probably, I mean, the government has so many different things. It's a black hole of everything. So it definitely could be out there. I don't know. Um, but the la- like the last Laravel question before we dive into Star Wars is when you're starting a Laravel project, like what is, outside of the framework, what is like the one Laravel package you always bring into your project? Uh, that's a very good question. I'm going to uh, think about it for a minute. Like Ignition is definitely something that's always there from now. And I have to say like, thing Marcel and Freak and all the people at Beyond Code and Spassi did with that is really amazing. Like our debugging has become so, so much better uh, these days. Um, I would want to say that I brought in event sauce now for event sourcing um, but for eventy i've decided to like not try that from the beginning because it's like a lot of work still to do everything in an event sourced way from the get-go but i definitely am planning on bringing in that uh, eventually uh, but i would say like at the moment it would be ignition yeah definitely and you you were working with frank to do like a laravel wrapper around event sauce right is that exactly how that i think i saw that yeah yeah, like I'm still working on it. Uh, the, the first version is out there already, but it still needs some some uh, some love before uh, we can crank out a, a one po node. Um, the thing is, like, Event is taking up a lot of my time right now, and eventually it will make its way into Eventy. So uh, it's definitely going to get some work done in the future, but I can't say when uh, right now already. But Frank's uh, base package event source is already pretty much stable. It has a lot of great features at uh, some good documentation uh, um, already to get started with. And you can basically take that and the current Laravel wrapper and already get started. You just don't find as much documentation for the Laravel wrapper just yet. Uh, But you can always uh, ask me questions on Twitter. I don't mind answering them. Yeah, I mean, you're always on Twitter answering questions, helping people out, um, which kind of like goes back to my question a while ago, which is how do you do it without 
burning out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a huge effort that you do. Um, one last question. What is an essential non-Laravel PHP package in your opinion? Non-Laravel PHP package. Um, let me think about it. Uh, I really like Marcus, his, uh, uh, Marco, his, um, uh, his, um, uh, what's it called again? The package that checks your uh, versions for uh, vulnerabilities. I kind of forgot uh, what's it called again. I try to add that to a lot of my own projects because it helps me like keep in check like with these kind of uh, packages have vulnerabilities, uh, these kind of have not, and Composer will warn you about that. So that's a pretty cool one. Uh, I guess it's a little bit less relevant right now because GitHub has built-in support for that right now. Uh, in their recent update, I think they're now doing like CVE checks as well automatically with Pendabot. Um, but it's still like very useful package, uh, in my opinion, to have in your project. Um, I think he also really maintains that very well to make sure that, uh, you're always up to date with the latest vulnerabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the package is the Rove security advisories. Um, right. Like, one, yeah. Now GitHub does do the whole checking on your own like on their own and they became a cve um it's the word i'm looking for like they can they can issue cve now. yeah licensed i, I think yeah, yeah. or something yeah uh -huh. awesome like it, i think that feels a great spot for github i know people were worried about microsoft buying them but i think they've done a pretty good job so far. exactly yeah, I feel the same way. Like at first when I saw the message, I was also like a bit scared, like, oh, oh God, where is this going to lead? Like GitHub has been one of my favorite uh, companies out there, but like they've done some pretty cool stuff in the last couple of years. Like I, I think like the acquiry was all for the better. If I see the path that GitHub is currently taking, how well they're focusing on developer experience, on user experience, like they're definitely heading the right direction and really grateful that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So is Ray the son of Skywalker? Uh daughter, you mean? Or daughter, mm -hmm. yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um no. No? I don't think so. No. You think she's related to anybody or is she really just uh that's a very good question because uh what's what Kylo said that she's nobody, I don't really buy that. I think that was just like um diversion or something. But I'm not sure. I think like her story still needs to unfold in a way we don't expect. Uh I don't think she's related to Skywalker. Uh I think that's too obvious for the story and uh, what people will expect. I still think we haven't seen the last uh, of that that yet, just yet. Yeah. Uh, Yep. I must say that I'm very excited for a last movie. Like, um, I'm also like probably one of the few people who really hated the episode eight. I really didn't like, like it at all. I have an entire rant on my blog. If you want to uh, read through that. Yeah, you um, um, so ch definitely check that out. Um, but it's like the last the trailer that I saw for episode nine. It was amazing. Like there was just like one tiny thing I disliked about the trailer, but the the rest was very cool. Yeah. So what what did you dislike though? Oh, um, uh, like I'm not sure if people already saw the trailer and didn't want to get spoiled. So fair warning, trailer spoiler right now. Um, there's like one part where they're like uh, riding some animals across the Star Destroyer. And yeah. I was like, 
in my mind it was going like disney 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 and i was like god no please don't uh so that was the only part uh, i disliked about uh, the trailer yeah but the rest was really great yeah. yeah all right last one question um yeah i've taken up a lot of your time this morning afternoon no worries man yeah. uh if you could pilot any ship in the star wars universe which one would oh, it be? wow that's a very hard question um i really i wanted to say the millennium falcon but i actually also want to like like i guess you can't really pilot a star destroyer you, you need quite yeah. a few people for that um it can be the layer star destroyer what it can be the laravel team star destroyer Everyone. yeah exactly yeah we're only with four people, but we can make it work. No worries. <laughs> yeah, I guess like there's like thousand, uh, like ten thousand people working on a star destroyer or something. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, um, yeah, star destroyer, going for that. Yeah, nice, awesome. Yeah. Cool, awesome. Trees, it's been great talking to you. Um, where can people Likewise. find you on Twitter? What's your Twitter? My Twitter handle is at treesfins. Just my first and last name combined. Uh, I also have a blog at treesfins.com. Cool. That's the places where you can find me. Yeah. Awesome. We'll throw those in the show notes. Um, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, and I think thanks for having me.